You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us for this uh, third segment of Real Presence Live. My name is Jack Canelli. I'm your host for today. And with us, we have uh, for this next half hour, the inspirational and uplifting Father Robert Keller, who is from the Diocese of Fargo, currently serving as parochial vicar. Am I right on the title there at Holy Spirit Parish? But Father, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Okay. Well, as Jack said, my name is Father Robert Keller. Uh, I don't know if I would say inspirational, uplifting, but I am the parochial well, vicar. That's what the lead-in guy said. This was oh. uplifting and inspirational programming. <laughs> but I am the uh, parochial vicar at Holy Spirit Catholic Church here in Fargo. Okay. Well, thanks for being with us today. And uh, according to the, uh, we're talking about the Bible. And can you? Why don't you just first explain why the Bible is important for us as Catholics, which I think is kind of obvious, but, uh, you know, why should we read the Bible? Why is it important? Sure. You know, it's something that I think as Catholics we are growing in our appreciation of. Um, in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, one of the first images that Jesus uses of encountering him in a, the source of life is to read the scriptures, to encounter God in the scriptures. And that's something that I think should be planted in our minds, that when we read the words of the Bible, it's not just another book, it's not just something that's ordinary, it's the very words of God himself. And that doesn't mean that it speaks to us every time or that it it works magic, you know, every time you open it, it's perfect for you. Sometimes it takes work. But that every time you do open the scriptures, every time you read from it or pray the Psalms or however you use the Bible, you're encountering the word of God himself. You're encountering the God of the universe, the God of all, the Lord of heaven and earth who is speaking to you and to your heart here and now. And that's something that's precious to us, that we have these words of God that are given um, and given to us at each moment of our lives. Okay, well, you know, um, some Christian denominations contend that the Catholic faith is not based on Scripture. And I think a lot of Catholics used to think that, at least when I was kind of growing up. I think we're away from that now to a great extent. But how how should we respond to claims like this beyond just saying, well, you're wrong? (laughs) Well, I think in conversations with other people, you want to... Be careful that you try to answer the person as much as answer the question and look at who's asking it. Because there are pieces of the Catholic faith that seem to extend in some ways beyond the Bible or are hard to find in the Bible. And at the other hand, there are pieces and foundational pillars of our faith that are spelled out rather directly. Things like the Most Holy Eucharist and the role of Peter and the papacy. And I found in my conversations with people, if you can get the Eucharist and the sacraments and you can get the Pope and the authority of the church to decide things in the name of Christ, then you have everything you need to move forward and to talk about some of these other subjects. Because there's some of them that are challenging. For instance, even the foundational pillar of Christianity, that God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
is not spelled out directly in the scriptures. It doesn't say God is a trinity and this is how he works and this is, you know, how all of the persons work. In the teaching of Jesus, we encounter that truth and we can talk about it, we can know it, but it does take some faith and you do have to bring some things outside the Bible in. So I think if someone is genuinely interested in listening to you, if they're genuinely asking the question, if they're not asking it just to be mean or just to have a slant against you, then I think there are pieces to start with to say, no, the Catholic Church is definitely founded on the scriptures. Let's look at some of the places where we can have that, where we can see that very clearly. And I think the the teaching on the Eucharist in John 6 and the Last Supper and the role of Peter are two of the most clear and most direct, and so two places that I would start. Yeah, I think a lot of our uh, uh, non-Catholic friends have problem with tradition, but I think one of the things that they need to understand, though, is that tradition cannot contradict Scripture. Right. That tradition is is the authority that guarantees the teaching of Christ through time. Otherwise, you end up in all these puzzles where you say, well, Jesus came and he taught, and then the authority to determine things disappeared from the earth, so we don't know what he said. And that's a problem. Right. Um, you know, so there, there's definitely beautiful conversations that can happen, and I think it's one of the places where hopefully both Catholics and Protestants can learn from each other, both to treasure the scriptures and also to treasure things like the saints and the beautiful pieces we have in Catholicism. Mm-hmm. So, how should we read the Bible? Are there certain translations of the Bible that we, you know, should avoid, shouldn't read, or should read? You know, I think the the simple answer to that question when it comes to things like translations and those kind of things is the the best translation is the one you read. You know, if it collects dust on your shelf, it doesn't matter how good it is or how many scholars think it's great, it, it, it's not being helpful because you're not encountering it as the Word of God. So the best one is the one you read. Now, there's certain translations that are better than others. That's true. But I think... Um, I would say more important is how you read it, in a sense of reading for understanding, in a sense of reading to encounter God, um, to encounter the person behind the words. And this is something that I've done a lot with my Bible study and I've learned over the years, is to read slowly, to read at depth, to read and try and bring in the images, and to really think about and ponder on the text more deeply i found to be one of the most profitable ways of encountering the scriptures or one of the most grace-filled ways that there's so much meaning that can speak to us and we miss some of it if we're just trying to plow through to finish a book or finish the chapter for the day. Um, not that those are bad, but just that there's a deeper, richer way of reading that takes more time and it's slow. Uh, but I think it opens wide the possibility of genuinely encountering the God behind the scriptures, which is... Uh, the key, in a sense, to the whole Bible. Well, are we talking Lexio Divina now? Or, or, or is that, you know, it's kind of like you've got reading the Bible and then you have praying with the Bible, which I think is more the Lexio Divina uh, side of it. Sure. And that's, I think you're right, that it, it does introduce more aspects of, of praying the scripture, something more classically called Lexio Divina uh, that's very possible. But Maybe it it phrases it in a little bit more approachable way. Um, I think that the truth is that when we read the scriptures, we should be praying with them as well because they're not dead words. 
they're the living word of God and that the one speaking them is not a dead God that's far away, but a God who cares for me and loves me. And so even when it's words, it's just an encounter with him as well. Mm-hmm. So how do we know what we should take literally and what part of the Bible are meant to be symbolic? Oh, that's, that is one of the toughest questions. And the best answer I could, I could give is um, that we always start with the literal sense of the Scripture. The Catechism talks about that. What does the Bible actually say? What do the words mean, particularly in their literary and historical context? And then there's other ranges of meaning that are built on that. But we have to start with what it actually says. Um, and then I think you have to use clues in the in the text and in how you're thinking about it to um, to start to interpret where literal works and where uh, you have to take a step back and use more figurative understandings. So it's it's a pretty careful kind of uh, uh, analysis, if you will. Yeah, the scriptures seem to lend themselves well to being read broadly in many different ways, in many different. Uh, layers and methods, and the stories often have meanings in history and meanings for us here and now, and they can be true in more than one way. So I think if we're careful and we read slowly, we can pick up on a lot of that, and we can avoid some of the errors of just thinking, well, it says this and only this. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other, you know, there are people who suggest, well, just don't pick up the Bible and read it like it's a story from, you know, the beginning to the end, uh, you know, and you have programs such as uh, um, the what is the Bible Timeline by mm-hmm. Tim Gray, and I can't remember who the other person was. Uh, do you recommend those? You know, I think something like the Bible Timeline is a great place to start because one of the most important historical things to read the Bible well is understanding the skeleton, the basic story, where Abraham came from and who he was and why he's important and the basics of Moses and the covenant and Joshua and the conquest of Israel and the pieces that lead up to Jesus. Once you have that kind of basic structure and you understand the fundamentals of the history and those kind of things, then I think you can look through some of these other books that can be more challenging or different and and put them in the right context and read them for what they are, which is part of the beautiful gift of the scriptures. But knowing that story is so key because if you don't know the story then you can find all kinds of books in the bible that say some strange things that are hard to understand but if you know the story it's like okay this is where it's happening and this is why it makes sense and this is the world that it's speaking to um and you can help get to the deeper meaning um when you need to okay um there's it seems like there are uh, you. You can hardly turn around in a in a in a book in a religious bookstore without running you know bumping into a a Bible study of some sort or another. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I might be uh, you know surprising you with this question, but I'm just going to ask: Are there any particular Catholic Bible studies that you would recommend for our listeners? Because there are you know people like to do yeah. that sort of thing. The ones that I use for my Bible study are volumes in a series called the Catholic Commentary on Sacred Scripture. It's published by a group called Baker Academic, um, Baker Academic Press, I think. They're pretty easy to find, and they're single-volume commentaries on most of the books of the Bible. Um, So that would be one 
uh, good resource. Another good resource that's a little more approachable are the Come and See Bible Studies. Those are a little bit shorter. Um, they do a fairly good job, and they're designed for people who are kind of leading a Bible study on their own and want some really supportive resources to help lead it well. Okay, so they kind of provide you with some maybe some background information before you actually read the uh, the, the 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 Bible passage and some questions. Any good commentary should do that. The come and see studies. The extra pieces are more like. You should organize um, a pie day before you study the scriptures. Here's some suggestions for it. Here's how it can work. Um, you know, so some of the social activities, some of those kind of things, which can be really helpful for people who want to do something like lead a Bible study out of their home. But any good commentary should really cover some of the background and the literal sense of the text and help you help you dive in. I think the Catholic commentary on sacred scripture does a great job. The Catholic study Bible that's being done by I think in large part by Ignatius Press. Um, they also have a lot of very good material. It's not quite as extensive. And there's lots of other good ones. If you start with the Catholic Commentary on Sacred Scripture and look at their sources, they have some comments about who to read if you want to go further. Yeah. It seems to me, though, that, you know, for Bible studies, when people try to form them, you know, you mentioned the Pi Day. You know, it seems like uh, to some extent there's almost, a, you have to have a caution you know, because it seems to me that Bible studies, if you're not careful, can kind of morph into more of a social gathering than really, you know, let's focus on this reading. Exactly. I think the scriptures are something that reward intentionality. Like, to have a Bible study, to have some social time is great. But let's also study the scriptures together. That takes a directness in our minds to say, we're not just going to get caught in these kind of things. We're not. We're going to leave them behind. Because reading the scriptures together and encountering the living and breathing word of God is amazing. And the scriptures reward that. So I think you're exactly right. When you have a Bible study, it's great to come in and say hello and talk to people and, you know, spend a few minutes. Like, that's human. But to also say, we're going to study the scriptures and we're not going to leave this behind. So 10 minutes after we get here, you put your shoes down, you've said hello. Now let's dive into the scriptures. What does this mean? And we have to be a little bit careful because Bible reading the Bible and studying it well often takes a bit of what you could call intellectual work. You have to use your brain. And at first it can feel a bit like you're chewing on sand. And it's hard. We're not used to thinking about a text at that kind of depth um, for most things in our life. And so what happens is a lot of people try it a little bit and then let it go because it's hard. And I think the scriptures, if you stick to it, if you open your heart to it and say, hey, wait a minute, God is speaking to me here, and he has a message for me that he wants to speak into my life here and now, it might be from history, it might be from another sense of the text, it might be something more direct. But he has something that he wants to say to me, and if I can work at that, if I can intentionally dive into it, I can encounter him, and that is a beautiful treasure. Yeah. I struggle with the idea of, you know, like you say, reading the Bible can be work. It's just like prayer can be work. I, I mean, you know, I have to kind of go to the idea that uh, Ignatius Loyola created the spiritual exercises. You know, yeah. exercise to me means I've got to put out some energy here. Yeah. One of the great concepts I think we need to rediscover is the old word discipline. That Christianity is a religion of discipline. 
Reading the scriptures takes discipline. You have to set your mind to it and work at it. And it's a little bit like training for a marathon or exercise. Sometimes your muscles get sore. That doesn't mean you should quit because if you keep at it, if you keep up with the discipline, if you keep up with the exercise, you will get stronger. Yeah, it's just the idea and the discipline. <laughs> That's the hard part. You know, it's kind of like the runner getting up in the morning, putting the feet on the floor, you know, and then getting out on the road. Exactly. Sometimes I think that's one of the reasons why it's beautiful to study the scriptures with another person. Because when you're with another person, you can commit to each other and you can hold each other accountable and give each other a push when you need to. Because on our own, it is easy to say, you know what, tough day, lots of things going on, I'm busy, this is too hard, I'm going to leave it behind. But a friend could say, you know, let's keep at it. God has something for us here that we can discover together. Right, yeah. The accountability, I think, is important. Yes. You know, it's, it's like, uh, well, just about anything. You know, weight loss programs, you usually have to have someone else to hold you accountable. At least I know I would. I'd have to have about 10 people to hold me accountable. But anyway, we've got about a minute left. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to impart to our listeners about uh, the Bible and its importance in reading it? Um, and you can't say No. <laughs> I think I think one of the things that is great is to someday when you have a chance, sit down and read one of the books from beginning to end, like one of the Gospels. Just read it as a story and encounter it. It's a great thing to do for the season of Advent. We're in this time of the preparation for the coming of Christ. And what better way to prepare our hearts is there than to read his word to us? So I think that's one of the profitable ways to read it as well, is to read it like it was written, to read it as a story, just from beginning to end. Like one book, Mark is great, or Matthew or Luke were in this liturgical year. Um, but that would be a good place to start. And it's a project that anyone can accomplish. It's okay. not too bad. It's like a library in one book. You read a book, and then you can go on and, and read. That's what you, you know, like the book of Mark or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a good place okay. to start. Great. Well, thanks a lot for coming in today. I think this has been a fun discussion. I hope we can have you back on again at another time. And for our listeners, we want you to stay tuned and we'll talk about how do we celebrate our Blessed Mother during the month of December. And we'll be discussing this next on Real Present Live. So stay tuned and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 